This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Uh, not too bad, man. You know, I had a good day. I did some laundry, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, just just chilling, you know, just, just got this, this, this massive headache. Oh, you, I was about to say, are you chilling like a mad villain? Like maybe a mad villain took over your head? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel exactly as if somebody has placed two weird octopus-looking arms on either <laughs> side of my head. <laughs> And uh, transfer their consciousness into mine. Interesting. Well, we're going to talk all about that tonight. We're also going to let you know before we get started that, of course, you are listening to Flash TV Talk, part of the DC TV Talk Network. Uh, check out DCTVTalk.com for some awesome podcasts. But beyond that, we got a big announcement. For those of you who this is your first time checking out the podcast, or perhaps you just may not be familiar with, uh, I don't know, us beyond this season, every single year during the mid-season break, we got an annual tradition. And that annual tradition is Bell and myself. We get some eggnog, we drink it, and we open up the Skype lines to take your calls to talk about whatever you want to do. We call it Grandma Esther's Eggnog-Induced Christmas Call-In Extravaganza. Yay! Fanfare! Woo! <laughs> it's a blast, and I'm super excited for it this year uh, because there's so much to talk about. It's going to be great, and it's going to be even more great to hear from you guys about what you guys think on the season thus far, or just anything you want to ask, you know, how my day's been, or, you know, what uh, the resistance of, uh, you know, uh, an icosahedral resistor is, you know, whatever you want to ask. OMG science. Yeah, you could go, you could go, whatever you guys want to take it was where we will go. So look for that next week. Now, this is fun. We're going to be doing this on a Tuesday night. Now, normally on Tuesday nights, you go and watch the flash. Of course, there's no flash next week. So uh, So Tuesday night, Join us, Mixler.com slash TV Talk. We've got the link available at Flash TV Talk, and that is going to be at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we'll have some information going out on Facebook and Twitter as well, so you can look for the details there. We hope that many of you can join us. It's a great time to tune in, even if you've never checked out the podcast live before. This is just a fun time to do it. So have your eggnog at the ready. Bell, I'm, well, hopefully, I know we're doing this kind of a day earlier than we knew, normally do, so I, I hope this will get to you in, in enough time, but let's just say some elves are currently at work in the kitchen to make sure that you are well stocked up with some Christmas goodies uh, before we Ooh. go live for Grandma Esther's. So be checking your so mailbox. that's sir. why a certain someone was asking for my address. Mm, that would make some <laughs> sense. <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, hey, we got a fun, uh, fun episode tonight. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's jump into... The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 9 of Season 4, Don't Run. Directed by Stefan Plazinski and story by Sam Chalson and Judelina Neria. Bell, what happened this episode? While out Christmas shopping, Barry is ambushed and kidnapped by DeVoe while Caitlin is kidnapped from Jitters by Amunet. 
Iris claims they have to look for both of them, despite Wells' claim that they have insufficient time and resources and that they can only afford to search for one. Barry is held at DeVoe's lair. Caitlin is forced by Amunet to perform surgery on a metahuman named Dominic, who can read minds. They try to escape, but Amunet blocks their exit. Caitlin manages to briefly incapacitate Amunet, and she and Dominic flee the building they are being held in. Once outside, they are rescued by Sisko and Ralph, as Iris has chosen to focus on finding Caitlin. Barry manages to escape from DeVoe. Team Flash celebrates Christmas at the West House, and Dominic joins them. Barry gets a security alert from his apartment. When he arrives, he receives a phone call from Dominic, who reveals that Amunet re-kidnapped Dominic and DeVoe and has transferred his minds into Dominic's body. Barry discovered DeVoe's original body dead in his apartment floor as he realizes DeVoe has framed him for his, quote, murder. The police arrive, and Barry is arrested. Dun, dun, dun! All right, man, this is a... Uh, this is, this is... Well, okay, so this is a season... But not a season, a, a mid-season finale right here. Correct. So, um, first did of I, all... Did I call it, like, already? What? Did you? Did you? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I said last week or the week before last that DeVoe's whole plan is to steal Flash's body. Whoa, whoa, Flash's whoa, body. whoa, whoa, whoa. You did not say that, sir. Hang on now. I, no, I said think that I did. One. No, 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 no. That was me. No, I, I, I think I said it. Mike, roll back the tape. He wants to defeat the Flash so that he can take his body. Imagine the smartest man in the world with the speed of the Flash. See, see what he just did? See that? It was me. Uh, man, yeah. So, uh, so one way or the other, Flash TV Talk called it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we always do, right? You know, it's months, months in advance. We always figure out exactly what's going on. We've never, <laughs> ever been wrong about anything. Uh, and we're always right. So, you know, yeah. there. Yeah. And sometimes uh, years in advance, hashtag OG Abard. Okay. So here we go, man. We, we've got <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things happening this episode. Of course, uh, flash is never, never one to not jump into the holiday spirit. We've got a, a great, uh, uh, a luminous Christmas tree, uh, that is being decked out by Cisco and, uh, and Ralph, uh, Ralph is back by the way, you know, we mentioned it last week, but Ralph was kind of gone for the, uh, festivities last week. That's true. He was. So we start things off, man. Of course, uh, Ralph and Cisco are kind of at each other's throats. They're not getting along very well. And actually, their dynamic throughout the episode kind of continues on that way. Uh, you know, do you get the sense that, well, all right, first of all, it just kind of a, a further reminds you that Ralph really does not belong on this team. Uh, yes and no. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Cisco and Ralph butting heads and, and, and Cisco, you know, ends up blaming Ralph for the reason why uh, Caitlin was kidnapped to begin with. Yeah, it just seems like they're just butting heads because he's kind of a douche. And I don't necessarily think he doesn't belong on the team. I just think he needs to figure out how to interact with people that aren't also douches. He, I mean, like, didn't they even acknowledge the fact that he was, like, still stealing stuff this episode? I don't I don't remember. Uh, I don't think specifically they talked about that. But I know they have in the past because Cisco gets on to him for that. I'm telling you, man. Cisco gets onto him every episode they're in. They're they're together. I just don't understand why he's around. Like if his name, like, I, well, all right, let's not be. Let's be honest. I understand why he's around. He's around to tell us about the great in innovations from the from a certain tablet who will remain nameless. But that's that seems to be it. Like he, I, am I wrong that he just exists on the show right now to help sell company insert names, product insert name. No, no, no. I mean, he was uh, he was really big in the uh, in the Buffalo Black Buffalo episode, right? You know he. Captured the T-Rex and yeah. uh, he learned a valuable lesson with that. 
Here's my and, thing, you know, though. Unless he's going over to Legends, which he very well may. What? What? Why? Like, what is he actually providing any of our characters? Like, how is he advancing any of their storylines? And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be negative right out the bat here. There's a lot about this episode that I love, and we're going to spend the vast majority of our time talking about that. But I just want to get Ralph out of the way here at the the beginning here. Why? Why does he exist? He should not exist in this show. I disagree. I I I, I think Ralph is an opportunity here for all the characters, including himself, to grow. How so? Right? Because like, how has anybody grown? That's I guess that's my question. Prove to me. Ralph that has. Right. He has. But at the end of the season, a hero. at the end of the season, he's not going to be with us. Like he doesn't he doesn't have any kind of longevity in this in the show. Like I said, unless he ends up going over to Legends. I don't know. Longevity. Ah, see what yeah. I accidentally did there. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. But no, I don't see him actually like being part of Team Flash indefinitely. I really just see him being here to serve some kind of purpose. I just don't know what that purpose is. I mean, maybe it's going to be a substitute for Wally. I mean, you know, maybe Wally's going to be out for a while and they need somebody to kind of run that sidekick thing. And and Cisco's too important doing other stuff as far as, you know, figuring out tech and doing all that kind of stuff that he's not going to be the one they want for that. And so maybe, you know, Ralph's going to be the guy that uh, that'll be, be going out in the field with him. I suppose so. I mean, I, I do get it, right? Like Cisco is, he's not just a sidekick. He is very much like a, a you know, he's a colleague. Uh, same thing can be true of, of, you know, Caitlin. I mean, the fact that she is, you know, kind of falling uh, or, or kind of accepting of her killer frost powers and persona. We'll talk about that more in a second here. Uh, you know, she, she is kind of coming into her own. And of course you don't want to necessarily put either of those ter- two characters in a secondary esque role. So having, Someone like Ralph fulfill that sidekick type of role. I, I kind of get it. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like there's a lot of different other characters they can pull in. Plus, I don't know that Ralph is really learning anything. Every single episode that he seems to progress, he seems to regress instantly the next time that we see him. But I, I realize that he is a fan favorite for some fans that are out there. So for, for that being what it is, that's fine. And I'm glad that you do like him because that means that somebody does. Well, see, I, I'm hoping what they're going to do with him is they're going to introduce the whole detective aspect of it and really go that route. Because <laughs> we, we, we lost that, right? We haven't seen that with Barry. Barry's no, supposed to be a detective. We haven't seen it at all. Yeah. And so maybe, you know, there's an opportunity here for him to kind of bring some detective stuff back into uh, to Flash. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what uh, we end up seeing with him. You know, Caitlin, I mentioned, of course, that she is getting more comfortable with her Killer Frost self. It sounds like Killer Frost is getting more comfortable with Team Flash as a whole. Yeah, it does. Right. Because when uh, what's his face was reading her mind, Dominic, you know, it, it's it seemed and the way she's talking about Killer Frost more now, it, it seems like she's kind of become more comfortable with the fact that she might one, you know, if she gets scared, turn into into Killer Frost. It, it's almost like she's come to grips with it and she's more comfortable having that person. It's, it's not like. It's not like, uh, uh, you know, Bruce Banner, when he turns into Hulk going like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to smash it, you know, an entire city block down into rubble. Whereas Caitlin's more like, you know, I might hurt somebody, but I'm not going to kill somebody. And so that's that's I think that's comforting. <laughs> Despite the fact that she goes by Killer Frost. Yeah, she should just go by like, I don't know, Caitlin Frost or yeah, something. I don't uh, know. Severely hurt Frost. Frost burn. Ah, Frost burn. I like it. That, that would work. All right. So so here's my question to you, Bell. How did she how did Killer Frost get her own drink at the uh, at Jitters? I'm thinking that you see lots of themed food for both good and bad people, right? Uh, good people. We've got the flash. I I wouldn't be surprised that if, if, if there's a, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bar in America somewhere 
that has like you know a Bill Cosby drink at a ooh, bar. Ooh, ooh. I know it's in very, very, very poor taste, but I, that's why I'm saying I would not be surprised at all. I, would, would, make I, I would highly doubt. I would highly doubt that. A drink at a bar named after Bill Cosby? Yes. A drink at a bar named after Bill Cosby? Yes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we have turned down a very dark corner, sir. I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think that's the case. I think, well, it's, I, I think it's because of last week. I think that, that you know, she was standing alongside the hero saving the day. Sure, sure. Uh, but she also, you know, I, I guess I guess nobody really saw her villainous side, did they? Except for Team Flash. It's not like she was out in the open being a villain so much as she was out in the open saving everyone from, uh, uh, you know, the, the evil Nazi people. Yeah, right? exactly. So from the public persona, she is at this point a hero. That makes sense. Even though we knowing, you know, Killer Frost personally is. Not necessarily with the heroic bent. I guess that's my point with the whole Ralph thing. I'm sorry to keep going back to this, but like if the idea is that we're going to try to, um, you know, work with somebody who has more villainous tendencies and try to make them into a hero or try to like speak more to their heroic tendencies, shouldn't that emotional kind of relationship between Flash and other, shouldn't that quote unquote other be Killer Frost? Like that, that seems to be a great avenue for you know, her character. But at the same time, I am enjoying this. The Tyler Durden factor that Killer Frost is really starting to be like the cool Caitlin. Uh, it's it's an interesting route to take with uh, with her character. In fact, it's something that is played off of by, you know, uh, the blacksmith here. The blacksmith? Don't you mean Amunet? Amunet, if I'm not mistaken, uh, her her tag or her uh, her codename is blacksmith. OK, OK. Uh, I wanted to make sure because I heard I heard somebody say that earlier, and I was like, "Wait, I thought it was Amy Nett. Uh That is her name, but I think it uh, I think it 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 goes both ways. It goes both ways. Um, but Amy Nett is actually, you know, she's obviously very interested in trying to get Caitlyn to really believe in herself. I'm starting to wonder whether or not Amy Nett recognizes Caitlyn as more of a potential villain than Killer Frost. Ooh, wouldn't that be interesting, right? Killer Frost becomes the good side, and Caitlyn becomes the bad side. I mean, it does almost seem like Caitlyn is being taken down a bit of a villainous path, right? She's she's she. We thought that ultimately it would be kind of the psychopathic thing that was being taken, you know, taken her over, but maybe it ends up becoming this mutual decision. Could even be that Killer Frost is working with Amunet to convert Caitlyn over to the dark side. Uh, I don't see that. I mean, like, I agree to your point earlier, where like, you know, you're saying uh, if we're gonna focus on heroic aspects of villainous characters and bring those forward that you know it would be neat to see barry take on that sort of mentoring role with caitlin but it just seems like they're she's past that and like it's not a big deal and and i mean i don't i don't know uh it would be interesting maybe for them to to, to do that but uh you, you have to think i don't know it, it, it depends on whether or not caitlin has a part in devoe's plan as to whether or not they're going to do something like that and right now I don't think that she does. I think DeVoe's plan has a lot to do with 12 metas on the bus. And the only reason why she was there to begin with was because uh, Aminette knew that Caitlin had the ability and the skills to fix this dude. And I think that's the only reason why she was there. Interesting. Do you think that Aminette and, and DeVoe are working together? Absolutely. They are. We, 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 I mean, we saw that. Well, okay. But I got the sense that like she was hired by DeVoe. But I don't know that they have like a relationship. I think it's more of like DeVoe wants somebody. And then like, for example, in this case, you know, DeVoe clearly wanted uh, this dude. And so she goes out and gets him. But I mean, I don't know that they're like 
I doubt it. I think it's more of like a um, she's been hired as opposed to them having kind of an established partnership. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's the Boba Fett to his Darth Vader. Yeah, except for, you know, notice integrations and stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Although, I mean, Amy Nett's kind of killed some people, I think. Oh, yeah. She's straight off off some people. By the way, I like, I you know, Blacksmith is her uh, appropriate DC Comics villain name. I like Lady Doomfist. That's the one that I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> Every time I, mean, I see her, man, she's got that Doomfist. Yeah, and she she shoots stuff out of it like Doomfist, and it takes a minute for it to recharge. And I'm terrible at playing her in Overwatch. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everybody is. Everybody is. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, like, you know, it, it's interesting because, of course, you know, she does seem like she's trying to give Caitlyn these pep talks. So even though she was trying to, you know, revive her cargo... Uh, it does seem like she has this kind of almost emotional attachment to Caitlyn. We don't really fully know what their relationship was during the off season. I suppose we don't. And so I'm kind of wondering if perhaps, you know, when Caitlyn was going back and forth between Caitlyn and Killer Frost, if maybe Aminette didn't, I, I don't know, like maybe the enforcer was not Killer Frost. Maybe the enforcer was actually Caitlyn or Maybe Kate or maybe Aminette was informed by Killer Frost that Caitlin could be manipulated. Given the fact that this is a true Tyler Durden situation, that you know Caitlin has no clue as to what Killer Frost does to the point where she doesn't even know you know inside jokes. I think it's very possible that Killer Frost is out there with her own agenda. I mean, I don't think that that I don't think that Killer Frost would do anything uh, to. Because they're both in the same body, right? And and Killer Frost clearly is is the the stronger, uh, more resilient. You know, not going to get killed easily because she has uh, freaking meta powers. You know, and I don't see her going in and making deals against Caitlyn because those will, in fact, you know, also affect Killer Frost. It just I, it seems against her best interest to sort of do that. You know, it, it's it's like, you know. Uh, if if anything, she's doing the whole Tyler Durden thing, like you're saying, going, you know, no matter what Caitlin says, don't do this. Or, uh, you know, like, like, for example, when he goes into the police department uh, in, in Fight Club and he's like, I'm the leader of a terrorist organization. You had to shut this thing down. And then all the cops, of course, were like, you you told us you'd say that. And he's like, well, OK, I am Tyler Durden and I <laughs> order you to stop. And he's like, you definitely said you'd say that if, if she's setting up anything, it's that kind of stuff so that Caitlin can't interfere mm. and prevent her from coming out or so that somebody can't go in and uh, mess up, you know, or, or kill or, or hurt Caitlin so that, you know, because they, they live in the same body. So it, it wouldn't do her any good for Caitlin to be incapacitated. Right. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't think that's happening. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I do think that I, I just, I don't know. I just have this, this thought that perhaps killer frost is a third player in all this, uh, that, that has yet to be kind of revealed. We've got a lot of, we got a lot of wild cards out there, man, especially after last week, you got Eobard back in action. So he's out there. In fact, actually making me second guess every single time we saw Tom Cavanaugh wearing a black shirt and a black hat. I'm like, is that really <laughs> Harrison Wells or could that actually be Eobard? They even made right. reference to the fact as he was talking to Caitlin about the fact that, you know, he knows what it's like to have an evil doppelganger, doppelganger out there. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just wondering, man, we got, we got a lot of loose threads, which is not a bad thing. In fact, it's actually a really good thing. It expands the universe and allows for a lot of potential speculation down the road. Now, of course, uh, with Caitlin being out of commission, 
Uh, this happens the exact same time that Barry himself ends up being captured. We get a fight scene between Barry and DeVoe. DeVoe hanging around like a little Christmas tree ornament and uh, flying through the city with his Doc Ock arms. What do you think about that um, fight scene? Well, so so he uh, he vibrated out of the of the holding cell he was in, right? Right, right, right. And DeVoe didn't see that coming? Uh, Well, or did he, given how everything played out? Right, right. And so I, I, I liked I liked the fight, how the fight scene worked out because it made sense to me that uh, the really the best way for him to fight Flash would be to bring him into the air. Same way that uh, mm, mm. Uh, Flash defeated uh, or or not permanently defeated, but like, you know, temporarily beat Eobard was in free fall. Right. Yeah, that's because good. you can't you can't do speed stuff. So I, I thought that was really neat how that worked. And of course, we got to see the, the inflatable, you know, <laughs> <laughs> flotation device suit that that was neat only thing that would have been better if it had a little santa hat and beard that popped out with it <laughs> yeah right right that would have been great yeah and so i, I don't know though it, it was uh you figure barry might have followed up with devoe once he fell into the water maybe i don't know, I don't know captured man. him or you know it, iced him it did seem like it just kind of happened pretty quickly there at the end now what i find interesting is you know one one thing that was kind of asked last week was whether or not uh, Flash is still at the power level that he was when he came out of the Speed Force. You mentioned, Bell, that you know did whether or not Devoe even saw this coming that Flash would be able to break out of his cell. I think that that maybe, maybe, man, he didn't see it coming because he did not realize that Flash was going to be as supercharged as he is after the Speed Force. Like that cage was built for a different kind of Flash. You know what I mean? A Flash pre uh, oh, Speed okay. Force upgrade. Similar to how he broke out of the pipeline. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I could definitely see that being the case. Now, we do get some uh, some time between uh, uh, Flash and the engineer. You know, he asked the questions that we were asking kind of early on uh, about, you know, whether or not, you know, was was she a was she a sidekick? Was she a lackey? Was she a, a henchman of sorts? And of course, uh, she confirms, which we've picked pieced together throughout the, the season so far, that no, she's, this is very much a partnership. She is as much part of the DeVoe thinker scheme as, as, as DeVoe himself. Uh, now DeVoe, of course, himself is kind of an interesting thing to even say. We learned that a lot about DeVoe in terms of what his ultimate plan is. You alluded to it earlier, but he is after bodies. And very specifically, I think it's safe to assume that he's after Flash's body. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the route that I'm thinking I'm going now. Although the one thing I will say that, that makes that kind of, uh, you know, up in the air at this moment is DeVoe said that he could transfer his consciousness into the into uh, Dominic's body was because he could read minds. And so I don't know if it's something to do with oh. maybe now that now that he's in Dominic's body and Dominic has that ability still that he can transfer that into another body. Interesting. So I, I read that as a bit of a different way. I, I thought it was more of like because he, his mind was a superior mind. He was willing to jump bodies. I didn't. I didn't think it was like a technical, uh, technical reason. I thought it was more of like a personal reason. Hmm. I, I mean, I, I could have misread that completely, but that's that's the way that I understood. In fact, you know, I, I kind of assumed that maybe this this has been his plan all along. Like the reason why he even did the bus thing was try to create a handful of metas that he could kind of tag and and figure out what their powers would be to figure out who would be a suitable host. Um, I don't even know if host is the right, right option here because obviously, you know, he's permanently out of his own body. 
Yeah, but what I, what I, what I think we're going to see here is that uh, in the next couple episodes, or maybe in the next episode, uh, that body is going to start deteriorating the same way. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to realize that he needs another body. Uh, or maybe it was his plan all along was just to hop bodies until he finally found one, uh, you know? Yeah, you, so interesting. Because, of course, uh, you know, he does... He like like if if all he needed was a new body, if like all he thought he needed was a new body, then this is it. You know what I mean? Like why why even get the Flash involved in the first place? So I think you're right, but I I think he probably actually even knows that when it all comes down to it, the Flash is the one uh, who's got the metabolism or brain amulism or whatever. Well, it's no, it's it's the speed force. Like that's the thing. It's his his brain. Uh, or his body keeps using energy or something. Like that. I forget how how exactly because it's it's ALS. You know, Lou mm-hmm. Gehrig's disease. And the way they're describing it in the episode where they, they talked about him getting it, it was like, you know, his brain is consuming all this energy. And so it's basically like parasitizing the rest of his body. So his, his muscles are atrophying, his nerves are getting damaged, all that kind of stuff. So the Flash has this infinite reservoir of power called the Speed Force. And so with the thinker's mind and the Flash's body, it would never deteriorate because he could draw energy off the Speed Force as opposed to drawing energy off his own body. Yeah, that's and good. That, that was my idea as to, as to why he would want Flash over anyone else like this this uh dominant guy that he got will you know serve him for a little bit until that body starts to deteriorate and obviously it looks like he has to have a metahuman because only metahumans uh can uh you know last longer than uh regular humans because otherwise i mean why not just get a regular person to stick your brain in there interesting yeah no i mean there's something to that for sure i mean he actually had flash on hand i mean with him being out of pocket and uh, locked up in the basement. So from that standpoint, uh, he's not ready to transfer his brain into to Flash's body. Otherwise, this would have been the episode he did it. Now, this actually ended up being kind of a unique, uh, a unique scenario for Team Flash because their heavy hitters between Killer Frost and Flash were both out of pocket, and it also put a lot of unique pressure on Iris. She's the team leader. She has been, uh, you know, since season two. Uh, it was actually kind of nice to have Harry call that out this episode for sure. But she's actually put in kind of a unique position. She has to choose who they need to focus focus their efforts on. And I think she made the right decision in terms of, you know, going after Caitlin. I agree, but I was kind of disappointed in her doing the whole, oh, we got to do both. Because I thought that she would have immediately gone, let's go find Caitlin. Well, it, you know, she, it she kind just of a step got, backwards to me. She just got married. You know, obviously she got Barry on the brain. So it, it makes sense that she's you know, thinking about, uh, you know, her, her, her true love as my children like yeah. to say, you know, it's, it's the, uh, it, you know, she, she doesn't want to feel like she's abandoning Barry, but she was right. Barry can handle himself. Um, especially with the super, the supercharge of, uh, of the speed force and everything. So, uh, in the end she made the right call, but what I found interesting is that Harry was actually encouraging her, you know, you got to let one go and he's not wrong. Obviously that's what she ended up needing to do. But there was something kind of sinister about Harry this episode, right? He's not Eobard. I'm just, I did, did I say he was Eobard? No, but I don't, I, that wasn't anything sinister. That's, Harry's a realist and he's a pragmatist and he understands, yes, this sucks. It's a terrible situation. But the fact of the matter is we can't do both. So we're either going to lose both of them or you're going to choose one of them. And so it was just a way for him to just kick her out of that, like, no, we have to do it, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, yeah, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a dire message, but it was something that she needed to hear right then. And Harry was the only one who was going to be able to deliver it. You think Cisco could have told Caitlin that? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, Iris that? Absolutely not. I mean, no, that's, a, that's, that's definitely a fair point. I, I don't know. 
I just, he was also wearing like black shirts and black hats the entire time. He also looks just like H. Giobard. Does look like H. Giobard. Bell, what if Harrison Wells is actually Eobard Thawne? I'll eat a sock. I, I just, you, probably not, right? Like that would be literally season one. And I know they've been making a lot of allusions to season one throughout this entire season, but that would be like too much, right? Yeah, and I'll 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 eat a sock. I'll... Okay, here's my thought on why Harry's dressing the way he's dressing. Okay. All right, so here's what it is. I think, you know how we talked about the fact that, you know, Harrison Wells wanted man and how this Harry has not, like it's never been specifically explained that, you know, uh, he, uh, you know, that he's wearing that, that face recognition technology that HR was wearing. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe he's like dressing down to kind of stay undercover. Like, I don't think he's wearing the face mask. I think he's actually like rolling around looking like him. I think it's one of those things where it's like once metahumans came out into the, into the world, uh, that they, they kind of, you know, they took uh, captain Singh. We're like, Hey, look, this is going to sound really weird, but there's a lot of earths. Okay. And this guy who looks like the guy who confessed to Nora Allen's murder, uh, isn't actually him. So this guy's fine. But if we tell you that we need to find somebody who looks like this guy and he's bad and he's back, then we'll need to go and like, you know, figure that out. But right now the bad guy's gone. The good guy's here multiple earths it's speed force i ain't gotta explain bleep <laughs> <laughs> and captain sings be like you know what well it's metahumans and stuff yeah sure whatever i don't care yeah and no, i mean there's something to that um interesting thing speaking of the the multiverse you know so cisco gets at the end of this episode he gets the breakup box uh where he thinks it's a breakup box but it is not a breakup box when he no, it's not. thinks that and when harry corrects him i was thinking like i thought a breakup box was an earth two thing but Gypsy's well, from Earth-19, like the whole box situation in general. I thought it was more of like a, you know, Earth-2 Earth deal. No, uh, that's the thing. It's like Harry, Harry's a denizen of the multiverse. He's been to multiple Earths, I feel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, he, he's familiarized himself with the nuances of multiple Earths. Interesting. Okay, all right. That clears that up for me because that, that was kind of throwing me off a little bit there. Now, um, you know, I, I think that it's worth mentioning that with... Uh, the introduction of um, Dominic uh, as the new DeVoe. Uh, Dominic was briefly given a name uh, for a very short time, which was Brainstorm. Uh, Cisco kind of refers to him as Brainstorm. Brainstorm is actually a character from DC Comics. Uh, it's funny. He's actually a character that wears a really goofy uh, hat, hat on his head. It hmm. looks like a giant screw, I guess, or, or drill perhaps. In, in a, a, a drill or a screw? No, a drill, like a, like a giant drill, like a drill bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, just search brainstorm DC Comics. You'll see what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, here's here's my question to you. Do you think that Dominic is going to be known from henceforth as Brainstorm, or do you think he's just the new Devo? That is a ridiculous helmet. <laughs> <laughs> you found it. I I found it. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty insane. So so do I think that uh, he's going to be the new they're going to refer to him as Brainstorm or as DeVoe? No, uh, they're going to refer to him as DeVoe. 
Yeah, I, I think he's probably going to be DeVoe. You know, that, that was one thing I've been thinking about throughout the season is just the weight that's been put on DeVoe as kind of the supervillain. Um, you know, that he is up there with the reverse flash, with Zoom, uh, with Savitar, with, with an evil future version of Barry. Like, like he is up there on that level. And so with who we've gotten thus far, you know, he's, he was, he's been rolling around in the, uh, in the, in the hover chair, the, the not Mobius chair. And on top of that, you know, he's, he's kind of a, I mean, he's, he's been a, just a college professor. He's not that menacing. Um, even in his goofy outfit, he's, he looks, he kind of comes across as a little bit more, uh, over the top comic book villain, as opposed to an actual real threat. But now that he's body jumping, man, I think we're on to something here. And that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. Bell, did you ever see Get Out? Yeah, I love Get Out. I think, I think DeVoe pulled a Get Out here. Yeah, I, I, I think he totally did. So my question is, <laughs> my question is, is Dominic in the sunk, sunken place? Or like, what, what's, what's up with that? See, that's what I don't know. I mean, if Cisco hadn't given him a name, I would think that, that he's gone. Since Cisco gave him a name, like he doesn't just give names to people and we just don't see anything about him. Like, you know, you, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess that's not necessarily true because he gives names to the one, you know, freak of the week kind of things. Um, but I don't know. It just seems weird for him to give him a name unless there's going to be a, a an avenue where they keep the team doesn't know that it's uh, that it's not brainstorm. They, they think it's still Dominic. Whereas Barry's the only one who does know and Barry can't get in touch with the team to tell them otherwise. Mm. And so that could, that, that could be a situation that I see where he, you know, he wants to get in fancy with the team and like, you know, become friends with them so we can crush them. And, but that's the thing is like, you know, uh, DeVoe even said, is like, I don't want anything to do with your team. Like somebody has got to mourn you when you die. Yeah. Like he's, he's after <sighs> someone's going to, do you say when you die? Or when when you're gone, I when think you're gone, because that's 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 the deal, right? Like if Barry dies, then that means he can't get the body. Yeah. Or unless yeah. he actually is dead. Once I, that's the question. So all right, so you think that Dominique is he's alive? He's just in the sunken place. I think so. I I I, I mean I don't know for sure, but I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think he might be dead. I I think he's straight up dead. So if he is, then uh, the reason why they named him is because the team's not going to know for like an episode or two. Well, and also it, it kind of furthers the the surprise at the end. You know what I mean? Like Cisco naming somebody and then you find out that somebody isn't that somebody at all. This somebody is, you know. That's true. That's that's very true. Mm-hmm. And all right, well, let's put it this way, too. So, you know, we know that we're going into the trial of Barry Allen, right? Or the trial of the Flash, whichever it's been named. And so with that as kind of our big thing that we're coming back to, not only are we getting kind of the fulfillment of what Barry saw in the Speed Force, of him behind bars, of him taking on the role of his father, unjustly put behind bars for a murder he never committed, uh, and the, the poetic beauty of that in and of itself. But not only are we getting that, we're also giving, getting a team that is now one superheroed individual down and possibly in need of a new superhero villain or a superhero, uh, you know, powerhouse to to join join team flash what if we end up trading team flash for team team uh team brainstorm oh so he goes in and now he'll be the new superhero to kind of like help the team out yeah i could see that i mean that kind of fits in what i was thinking earlier about him dismantling the team from the inside without them knowing right right and again by now doing that if, if now brainstorm is actually a member of the team and Ralph is one of his creations. Although, all right, so here's my thing about the bus. I think the bus was a Petri dish. 
Um, like, what do you mean? I, I don't think he really, I mean, like, you know, I guess he quote unquote knew what he was going to get because he thought it. But at the same time, like, I, I feel like he was just putting a bunch of potential metas in the position to become metas to try to, like, find one that would grow out to be a suitable host. I would think that each of those people have a specific role, even the ones that have been caught that have not been fulfilled yet. So I think DeVoe planned on Dominic being the one he was going to change bodies with. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think he still has a plan for Kilgore, and he still has a plan for Lady Luck. Well, we know he has a plan for Kilgore because Kilgore's in on it. Yeah. So I, I, I think uh, I think that you know he he assembled those people together to make a group of people who he had the highest possibility of getting the powers that he wanted, and uh, that way he could you know enact his plan or whatever. So I'm thinking that Dominic was a choice by him. He's like, I, I need a dude who's going to be, you know, telepathic. So I'm going to, this dude has like an 85% chance of, of mm. being telepathic if his mm. metagenes activated in this certain way. And so I'm thinking that's what he was doing. Okay. I don't think, I don't think necessarily that he was doing it just to have 12 chances to find somebody to change host bodies. I think he specifically wanted a telepathic person. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that. Somebody with mental abilities would make some sense. Yeah. As the thinker. Yeah, but I mean, all right. So I, I think that, that Kilgore is definitely in on it. Uh, well, I mean, he's part of the plan because he is in on it. And I would imagine that there might have been, let's see, there were seven people on the bus? I thought there were 12. 12 people. On, yeah, that was an even number. So we only, so who do we know? We know, we know Elongated we know- Man. We know not Jinx. We know Kilgore. We know Brainstorm. Tear Guy. Tear, oh, Tear Guy. Yeah, Tear Guy. Yeah, Tear Guy and Brainstorm. It's only five. Hold on. Okay, so let's let's go let's go in order. It's Kilgore, Lady Luck, Dibney, Buffalo Girl. Oh, I forgot about Buffalo Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tear Guy and uh, Dominic. Yeah. So that's six. That's six. So uh, there's still six more. <laughs> we got half a season down, half a season to go, half the uh, the reveals there, and uh, half to go. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I I stand by the original idea, right? That that perhaps with Kilgore being locked in prison. Uh, maybe we are looking for a Bane-esque scenario. Maybe the reason why he didn't take Flash's body is because of how powerful Flash currently is. He needs to wear him down to the point where he can actually take over his mind. If he tried right now, if he tried to do his old Doc Ock thing, it wouldn't work. Yeah, that that sounds about right. And, uh, and, and maybe it's one of those things where, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of why he would need somebody who's telepathic. And I don't know if it's something to do with he wants to collect that power for himself. Or he needs somebody with an augment, like their brain has been augmented with the metagene in order to transfer his knowledge into that. Mm-hmm. Which, would, which would be interesting about, you know, Barry, because Barry's brain necessarily wasn't modified by the metagene. But if, I don't know, I don't know. If, he, if, he, if he's able to affect people with his telepathy because he's so smart, maybe he can figure out how to do it. Then maybe he can prepare Barry's brain from afar. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see what it all comes down to. But when it comes down to it, is uh, is Dominique alive still? You say yes. I, I I say there's there's a chance. It depends. I'm thinking there's. It's probably more likely that he's not. All right, I'm saying no. I think he's dead. I think he's dead. Um, but poor Dominique, uh, rest in peace. He lasted for all of a season. But I don't know if he's still in there. Somebody flashy thing him. Like get your get your <laughs> camera phone and just you know do do the thing. Well, that was another thing. Why, 
Yeah, yeah, flashy. <laughs> the camera phone. Mm-hmm. Nope. Why why were they so, you know, oh yeah, let's just invite this guy over and then Barry like uses his powers in the house with this guy they just met who's a metahuman who could very well tell anyone who the Flash's identity is. Uh I mean he was in on it. Like he even made a comments right about the whole thing. Plus, like uh Dibney was doing his thing. Turned into a fat Santa. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just it's just bizarre for them to instantly trust this guy when they, they've been so season, sheltered in the past. Season one. That's what they do. Like, oh, this is Barry Allen. He's the Flash. Even at this one, I'm the Flash. Like they tell everybody. <laughs> they tell everybody. So it's not surprising to me. I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know who it is. Hi, this is John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. Red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow. Hold on. All right, man, listener feedback. We got some great listener feedback in. This first one comes from The Surfer, a.k.a. The Silver Surfer. Uh, what does Silver Surfer have to say? Fellas, I listened to your theories about what versions of H.G. Abard Thawne he was. Uh, you really overthought it when the answer is simple. That is the version that killed Cisco Ramon before Barry went back in time for the very first time. That timeline continued Ooh. to separate from the timeline that Thawne was erased from. Every time Barry goes back in time, it makes a change. A new line was created, but the old one does not go away. Just like the Thawne from Legends was a version that he that didn't get trapped in the past after Barry's mother was killed. The time Zoom came from after him, uh, uh, the time Zoom came after him because he should not exist. Huh, interesting. Uh, okay, Surfer, good. I, I like where your head's at. Um, I still believe that there's only one timeline to each Earth, but I could be wrong. Um, that would make some sense to some extent, although it would, um, it would make things a little convoluted. So in legends, uh, all those Eobards that show up, I'm pretty sure those are all from different instances in time and not different timelines. I, I, I I interpreted the big Eobard fight scene at the end of legends. Uh, Um, for those that did not watch it, uh, Eobard goes and from what I understood, created a lot of time remnants of himself yeah now, arguably he was already himself a time remnant of sorts uh although they they called him something else if i'm not mistaken um because i mean he was not a true time remnant he was just he was an aberration right isn't that what they call it yeah something like uh, yeah an, uh, yeah uh, anachronism right so he should not have existed because his timeline because he was disconnected from the prime timeline um, which, which makes going to legends very convenient for him because nothing over there is, but, yeah. but regardless, um, I don't know. Good, good theory surfer. I bet there are several that, that share in your theory, uh, although albeit I'm not one of them personally. All right. Next one up. We got uh, one from Randy. What did Randy have to say? Uh, good job guys. Huge fan and a flash Supergirl and legends and a little bit of arrow. Supergirl's alter ego is pronounced Kara, not Kara. I know there are many over there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I know there are many over there. Uh, the years, the first season of Supergirl was laid forward as that, uh, and Cat Grant as Kira, and uh, has only done it right twice. Kara, all right. Uh, keep up the good work, Randy. Yeah, I know. I'm really bad about that. I say, I say, uh, Kara, but it's it's Kara. Okay, so so to Randy, I just have one thing to say. Head, head. There's still time to say head. Is it Han oh. Solo or Han Solo? Han. Right, but freaking uh, Billy D. Lando Calrissian calls him Han. Han. And he's like his long-term friend that's known Han longer than all the rest of us combined. 
So when it comes down to it, tomato, tomato. That's that's what I think. I, and I do realize that they they have been very big on Supergirl pronouncing it a very specific way. But I have always said Kara. And uh, and so I was scolded on Legends last week because I pronounced it wrong for like ever. I, I, I just I Kara reminds me of Sarah and that's a name I like. So I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, but one way or the other. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 I think it's fine to go either way. But I do. I, I will say that I do realize that Supergirl from day one has been very specific about calling her Kara. Um, yeah. So it is what it is. All right. We also got an iTunes review in from Maxwell Silver Hammer 14. Uh, what did Maxwell Silver Hammer 14 have to say? Funny and fresh. These guys really know their stuff and are never let down to listen to. Definitely the best flash podcast out there, except no substitutes. Oh, man. Well, that is high praise. Thank you so much for sending that in. Uh, we we do our best over here uh, to the best of our ability. Of course, yeah. lately, Bell has been uh, off fraternizing, fr- fr- fraternizing, fr- fraternity, fraternizing, fr- fraternizing. Yes. Bell got a girlfriend, lady friend, oh, a lady friend, lady friend. Sorry. Bell got a lady friend. <laughs> and so now his, uh, his recording schedule has been all, all, all off the charts, but that's all right. That's all right. Cause next week we're going to have some fun. Of course, next week we've got the Christmas call-in extravaganza. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've got some eggnog. We got some cookies. We got a lot of fun things planned. Join us next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you so choose, we would love to have you call in. We will talk about literally anything and everything that you want to talk about, as long as it's work safe and moderately professional. Yes, that's that's. I guess that's our that's our parameters. I'd say that's pretty safe. I mean, like, you know, whatever you want to talk about, you want to talk about how Ryan Reynolds has been cast in the new Detective Pikachu movie. And I just believe that in reality, that's just an extensive marketing campaign for Deadpool 2. We can talk about that. Uh, that's actually probably a really good theory. Actually. I, I, I think so. I think so. You want to talk about how uh, Legends, well, you want to try to, to rationalize Legends of Tomorrow uh, timeline and how that's supposed to work with everything else. You want to hear how I now think that Legends Tomorrow is one of the most amazing things to happen to television and have had a complete 180 conversion. We could talk about that. You want to talk about, you know, type 2A supernovas and how, you know, all the heavy elements in your body were created in the, in the crucibles of stars. We can talk about that, too. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. So join us. Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call-in extravaganza next week, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at Mixler.com slash TV Talk. More information about that on our social channels, like over at Facebook, where you can follow us at facebook.com slash TV talk or on Twitter, where you can follow us at flash TV talk. And if 280 characters is enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. Uh, and of course, all this information and more can be found at flash TV Special thanks to Charlie Bach for providing our outro music. Check out his amazing work at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. DCTV Talk. It is a network of podcasts that we are a member of and very proud to be. Head over to DCTV Talk for all of your TV talking needs when you're talking DC. Also, Tolkien TV Talk for those of you interested in Lord of the Rings, that sort of thing. Uh, More on that as we get uh, closer and further along. But until next week, join us. It's going to be fun. Grandma Esther's, you know it's going to be a blast and we'll be back in a flash.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.